Two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. Hi. And I'm Sabrina. And we are here to tell you another round of scary tales. Hopefully you're around a campfire and you have some s'mores. Please give us some because that sounds delicious. Yum. I just want the chocolate. Oh, I just want the marshmallows. Sabrina, we would be a perfect camping pair because we'd (laughs) never fight over the food it would be great we would survive if we were ever stranded with just s'mores materials (laughs) (laughs) i so i grew up vegetarian and so my mom didn't let us have marshmallows because they have gelatin in them and so when my sister and i would go grocery shopping with my mom we would save up we'd like have money and we'd be like oh like yeah mom we'll go get the milk and then one of us would go to get the milk but the other one would go to get marshmallows and buy it and then we'd always have like a big purse for no reason, because we had nothing to carry in it, but we'd have it empty so we could put the marshmallows <laughs> in there after we bought them. And then we'd sit in her bedroom together, just the two of us eating marshmallows. <laughs> Does your mother know that you did this? No, we did it sneakily. But she doesn't listen to every episode either, so she may, she may never know. Oh, I think she knows now. I think we've told her. She's like, you did? Oh, your kids will always do something. <laughs> you can't stop them. Yeah, it was sad because we couldn't have like marshmallows or Starburst or Skittles. And then I would just do it anyway because those are delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're here to tell ghost stories. So should we do it? Sure. I can start with one. Please. It's called Triggered by Birthmark Stories. Oh. And it's from Kaylina. Hey, ladies, longtime TGOG addict and slowly corrupting my friends to be the same. <laughs> yes. Love it. You're on the other side. Are you on the other side? Kaylina is. As I was listening to your latest Encounters episode, Encounters 16, I was reminded of a story my dad used to tell my brother and I when we were younger. He grew up in a small, blink-and-you-miss-it town (laughs) in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which we now know, UP of Michigan, means Upper Peninsula. Thank you to the thousands of people who told us. Everyone from Michigan. Yeah. (laughs) We learned And all the states surrounding Michigan supporting them in their... UP area. Yep, we now know. UP is also upper pelvic. It reminds me of like upper pelvic region. It's also a wonderful movie called Up. So many things (laughs) with UP. UPS. Okay. (laughs) Behind his childhood home that we still use today as a camp or vacation home in our family stands an old, now vacant trailer. One day, my grandma, pregnant with my father at the time, was walking through the back fields. I'm not sure exactly what terrain was like back then, but today there is tall grass and swampland, mostly with a little creek that runs through it. All of a sudden, my grandma sees a snake slithering across the ground in front of her. Startled, she jumps back, screams, and sort of crosses her arms abruptly against her upper body, as one does when they've had the shit scared out of them (laughs) by a slimy little grass mongrel. The old woman who lived in the trailer at the time was out in the yard and told my grandma something like, because of your violent reaction to the snake, your child will have those markings upon birth across their chest, too. What kind of person is this living in this trailer? This is like um, the witch who takes, um, what's her name? Uh, Rapunzel. Oh, yes. It's creepy. It's super creepy. Sure as shit, when my father was born, he had birthmarks that were dark, almost purple in color, just like the crossed arms of my grandmother, on his chest. What? Even marks that looked like fingerprints grasping for safety on either of his arms. 
With age, most of these marks faded. Now he's just left with only a few small, quote, fingerprints on his left arm, still purple in color. Oh. My family is super Catholic, so they've never really believed in the concept of witchcraft or whatever the hell one might consider this sort of experience. The old woman is gone now, along with my grandmother, so I couldn't get any further details other than what my dad had told me over the years. Oh, my God. But... I thought you guys might be interested in another twisted birthmark story that makes absolutely no fucking sense. Thanks for reading and stay spooky, Kaylina. Wow. Or Kylina. I'm not sure. Kaylina, Kylina. Uh, either way, this is crazy. Yes. It makes me wonder if the woman in the trailer was the snake and was <gasps> some sort of like just trying to trap people in these things, like slithered through and then... Because, you know, like, the woman in the trailer didn't walk out until after the snake had already done its, oh my its business. I'm a snake. I'm a slithery snake. But why, like, what was her intention? If she did, if she was able to become a snake, why, was she trying to snoop? Like, was she spying? Was she, why? I need answers. I don't know what's happening. I don't know either. Maybe she didn't like the grandmother for some reason. Maybe she was just evil and wanted to two curses on people perhaps there's some sort of like dark lord that we don't know about that was like hey woman in the trailer you're not practicing enough you're not meeting your quota we're gonna kick you out of the witchcraft circle in out of our coven if you don't start meeting your quota and so she was just like ah man if you think about it hell is basically a pyramid scheme where there's punishments if you don't meet your quota yeah it's like being in sales (laughs) (laughs) uh that's I mean, I just, this is crazy. But I also yes. like the idea, as creepy as it is, I love the idea that after his, after her dad's mother, so her grandmother passed away, her dad kind of had his grandmother's arms on him, you know, like always. Oh, that's also so sp- Right? I didn't even think of it that way. I'm trying to make it a little bit happier. Yeah, I was thinking of it as like very dark and twisted, like the curse <laughs> existing on his body markings of true fear but it's also really nice to think that it's like the mother his mother's arms holding him Mm -hmm. all right i have one this is from sam and the subject line is ed kemper ghost question mark oh hi girls i am sam first of all i love your stories and have so enjoyed listening to you both i went old school and was listening to episode nine where you girls had mentioned ed kemper on mindhunters okay So what's weird is that I had watched that show when it first came out and was obsessed with it. The only catch was that when I watched the show, I had some empathy for Ed and how his situation happened. Although he ended up being a serial killer, which I know is never okay, I felt bad that maybe some psychological and environmental doing had to make this happen. If not, he might have turned out to be a good guy. Any hooser, my story starts when I was working at my old job, a cute little cafe. It was my first night closing ever, and I had felt calm and secure as as I was going through my night, which was probably around 7. At about 30 minutes till closing, and everyone had left, a man walked in. Right away, I noticed his stature and realized that he was very tall and big-boned. Not fat, but definitely heavy. He had these old-school clothes and glasses on. As he walked in, I proceeded to ask him if he wanted a menu to look at. He said he wasn't sure if he was going to stay. I remember thinking that, whoa, this guy looks like Ed Kemper. And right away, he asked me if he had known me from somewhere. I told him that I had a familiar face and usually get that a lot. After I said that, he replied, Yeah, I get that too, but it's usually not in a positive light. Creepy. As if somehow he knew he looked like Ed and people would be creeped out. 
And if I can remember, Ed usually locked into young girls. We talked a bit and he seemed very intelligent and calm. He had continued to ask me what times I worked and some personal details and about when we closed, giving me a feeling like he had been planning to come after. After he left and getting a weird vibe and thinking he was something beyond normal, I said a prayer to protect me from whatever that was. Who knows if maybe it was the spirit of Ed who had seen my empathy toward him and maybe thought he could sway and prey on me. I haven't seen him since and I hope I never do. He seemed like a nice guy, but there was something off. Anyway, thanks for listening and I will see you. Oh, and I will see you on the other side. Sam. (laughs) I like how you were about to say that line see you on the i was gonna <laughs> i was gonna say like you. like the whale call from finding <laughs> dory yeah <laughs> wow okay so i mean since we talk about doppelgangers it made it made me wonder about ed's doppelganger mm-hmm. as well i don't know right but it's like maybe there was something behind this whether it was a ghost or a paranormal thing or someone who just truly looks so much like ed who maybe had the same intentions right but perhaps sam saved herself by saying you look really familiar because then perhaps he thought oh he's she's gonna tell one of her co-workers that i looked just like ed kemper and so if i ever do anything they're gonna know that a guy came in that was like creepy but he he said it first he said you look familiar and then she said i have one of those faces and he said oh yeah me too Oh, man, I know. Maybe it was a ghost. But Elvis visits his fans. That's true. So I wonder if Ed perhaps visits those who his have some fans. sort of <laughs> empathy towards him or different understanding. Maybe, I mean, he had huge mommy issues. So maybe anyone who kind of takes that sort of like maternal side and protective side that he never really had. Maybe he's attracted to those people. Right. Maybe. I wonder if they have security cameras at the cafe. She said it's an oh, old job. Man. But that would have been interesting to look at that and if there's no one there. Totally. <gasps> oh, oh, oh. Imagine rewatching it. How scary it would be to rewatch it and to see yourself standing there and talking Yay. and then just kind of see this like sort of distorted, like blurryish, almost underwater section nope. on the camera. I don't. Or to see nothing at all. And you're just like chatting away, like, oh. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> So freaky. Yeah. All right. Well, I have another one for you. Okay. This is from Hannah, and it's called Haunted Tea House. Mm. Hi. I just started listening to your podcast, and I've always had an affixation to the paranormal. When I was in daycare, the girls would take a day trip to a local tea house once in the summer. It was a fun chance to dress up and eat teddy bear-shaped PB&Js. Oh, I want teddy bear-shaped PB&Js. I know. Uh, Actually, you want to know something fun? Yeah. The Boston Public Library here does tea. They do like high tea. Oh, I love I'm, that. I'm going to, I'm going. I have reservations to go. Oh my God, that sounds so nice. It makes me think of Caitlin's little cucumber cream cheese sandwiches. Oh, Caitlin's cream cheese and cucumber sandwiches. The best. The best. So good. Okay. The first time I went, it had kind of spooky vibes, but any old house when you're seven or eight is spooky. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until my third visit to the Painted Lady Tea House that I learned its history. The house was once owned by a doctor and his family. One of his two daughters contracted smallpox and passed away in the house, and he passed away from tuberculosis. Sorry I don't have a time frame. This is all just from my memory. So I'm enjoying the experience, and then a mist seeps through this closed door. 
I promptly started freaking out. Not only was I not the only one to see it, thanks little sister, but one of the ladies who worked there saw our reaction and came to give a history lesson. Oh my gosh. She recounted the story of the family and then went on to explain that the other paranormal activities went on in the house. Apparently, when people come in to open, they have many times experienced the shelved teapots floating and oh. rearranged. What? Orbs and laughter followed by footsteps up and down the stairs wasn't uncommon either. One worker even recounted seeing the doctor walk through the kitchen and out the back door. She followed him out the door, but the man had disappeared. Sitting in the main room, a few of us had felt a cold presence walk behind us, but there was no one there. And upstairs in the tea house was a little vintage shop. The only importance of this is the fact that it was closed on the day of our visit. This did not stop the upstairs window from opening with a tall, ghastly man peeing. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, peering. Peering Grand. out of the window as our bus pulled away. <laughs> I was like, I have never heard of a peeing ghost. <laughs> with a tall ghastly man peering out the window as our bus pulled away the painted lady tea house is now closed much love hannah wow i was gonna say (laughs) i was gonna say it was crazy to me the idea that they were telling these like eight-year-old kids that all the people in that house died of like tuberculosis and horrible diseases Mm -hmm. but then it makes sense like the woman told them after they saw the ghost right and also i mean when you go to historic places and you do tours, it doesn't matter the age of the children. They still tell the history of things and not that like tuberculosis isn't a problem today or people don't get smallpox today. But it right. does seem, at least here in America, it does seem far away. Right. You know? Right. It doesn't seem like, oh, they died of a heart attack or like they ate too much chocolate and died right here. Like not something that could actually happen. Right. Right. It feels i'm sure to children too like oh that was the thing that used to happen to people in the history i don't i don't have to be scared i want to go to this tea house me too but it's closed wait that makes me sad i know we should try to google it and see what's in its place yeah because probably the same thing i love the idea maybe it's a library (gasps) oh my god i'm gonna work there for the rest of my life the little bookshop the painted bookshop i love the idea that the family is still there and they're happy and still like living their life in the house and because mm-hmm. it, it's pleasant and, and kind and hopeful i know it's lovely it's lovely i like how they're like they're doing what i would do when in spirit form it's like well i don't like how they put the tea sets up so i'm just gonna rearrange it real quick yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, you did not store this way doesn't work for me okay i have another one okay this is from jane and she says ghostly encounters hello girls i discovered your podcast early this week after getting myself caught up on the 11 other podcasts that i listen to regularly currently i am on episode 31 and she found it that week that's crazy and i have an insatiable desire to consume content of all kinds she for sure listens on like one and a half or two times oh she's like go 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 since episode one, I felt compelled to contact you, but I have not had the chance until now because she's she hasn't had the chance because she's consuming so much content. She's too busy. <laughs> Aside from being an empath and having experienced countless instances of deja vu dating back to my childhood, I have had more than my fair share of ghostly encounters up to and including the ghost cats 
that like to chill in the bathtub of my apartment. I have three specific things that I wanted to bring to the table. Thing one, I will begin by mentioning that my child at home was was teeming with spirits. I phrase this in the past tense because I have not lived with my parents in well over a decade. But additionally, our ghost antenna, so to speak, was destroyed. We lived in an area of northern Indiana that borders with Michigan, and in fact, the state line is a 15 to 20 minute walk due north of my parents' front yard. This area is also rich with Native American history. In our front yard, there was a giant tree. The base of the trunk was approximately five feet across and about four and a half to five feet above the ground, and it split in a way that resembled a massive hand reaching out of the ground and up into the sky. It was very special, and that old tree had served as a migration trail marker hundreds of years before the area was developed. I believe this is what guided the spirits to our home. That is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. My first vision of a shadow figure was at about age seven. I vividly remember being in the bathtub with the door open and I know that it was summertime. Something inside me told me to look at the wall directly across the hall and so I turned my head to face the open door and just as I did, I saw the dark shape of what appeared to be a child run past the door and straight at my parents' bedroom, but their door was closed. I immediately screamed for my mother who told me that I was imagining things. She also seemed completely unconcerned that I was absolutely terrified of one side of my room, convinced that something evil was there and needed to sleep with my nightlight until I was around age 17, or that I desperately wanted to sleep with my door closed because I could see dark men coming up the stairs into the hallway at night and felt like they were watching me. When I was in high school, about 16 or 17, we had an intense storm and the hand tree was struck with lightning. It split at the base and almost came crashing down on our house. Once the otherwise healthy tree was removed, I no longer felt afraid of my room and was actually able to move my bed into the corner that I had been so afraid of for so long. Thing two, this series of events took place in the basement of my ex-boyfriend's house. For the purpose of the podcast, I will call him Chris. I witnessed shadow people three times in that basement, each more frightening than the last, but I will only be speaking of one instance as recalling the others makes me very uncomfortable and I would rather not type them out yikes oh to preface my ex's mother had their home built in 1989 both of chris's parents came from families with long histories of addiction and mental illness and sadly he and his parents were not outliers now chris lived in the basement of his mother's house in a room that had been his father's office long ago when the two were still married it was a smallish room off of a much larger furnished main room and sat on the left of the stairs if you were looking down from the main floor Far to the right was another room, a partially dirty pantry and a crawl space that always gave me the creeps. One day, I came home from work because I was living there at the time and opened the door to the basement. I saw a quick flutter of movement at the base of the stairs and what looked to be a shoe being pulled out of sight to the right of the stairs. It was not uncommon for Chris to jump out and scare me as it's really easy to do, and he got a huge kick out of it. So that's what I thought was happening. So I clomped down the stairs loudly while half shouting, Ha ha, Chris, I saw you. I reached the bottom of the stairs and rounded the corner to face what I thought would be my boyfriend, but no one was there. I backed up quickly to the door of his bedroom, which was shut, and I opened it. He was in the room the entire time with the door shut. I explained what just happened, and he didn't seem surprised at all. He told me that his older sister, Hannah, who has also been plagued with addiction and serious mental health issues, used to hold seances in the basement as a teenager, and that some of it just stuck. Oh, what? No, thank you. Like, no big deal. Yeah. I wholeheartedly believe that there was evil in that house and that it was drawn to the chaos and dysfunction of their family. Happy to be free of it. And that third thing. I had never heard of Dear David before listening to this podcast. Once you mentioned him, I looked up at the drawing and all the hair on my body stood up on end. I have not read any more of the feed about him because I don't have to. 
I saw him in a series of dreams about 11 years ago. Wait, that's... My experience surrounding the entity that I believe to be Dear David is still one that gives me chills, and I hesitated mentioning it for the fear that my dreams would come back. I am now 31, but when I was about 20 or 21, this would have been about 2007, I was living in my high school with my high school sweetheart, fiance at the time, and his family, since my parents and I did not get along. At this time, we were both art majors in college going to school locally in South Bend, Indiana. I began having strange and creepy dreams, seemingly brought on by nothing. The dreams were reoccurring in theme and some content, but they were never quite the same and seemed to be a continuation of each other. I've always attempted to do this with dreams that I enjoyed, but there was something otherworldly about this that felt out of my control. From what I recall, it all began with a boy, no older than seven or eight, who had a misshapen head, missing a chunk of it. I was terrified of him, but I didn't understand why. He never spoke to me, but he appeared in a harvested cornfield surrounded by nothing but silence and a sense of dread, staring directly at me and deep into my soul. I remember feeling the lump rise in my throat as he turned his back to me slowly and beckoned for me to follow. I allowed him to lead me out of the cornfield, and I followed him into a thicket of sickly trees and what I would describe as a shanty made haphazardly out of plywood, which I vividly remember as having a long and strange entrance-like tunnel that became smaller and tighter the further you went. Before the boy with the misshapen head indicated for me to follow him into the tunnel, he was joined by a friend. This friend was also the size of a young boy around the age of seven. I never saw the other thing's face because it wore an upturned burlap sack tied at the neck with a thick rope, and a face was crudely drawn on the sack in black charcoal. Oh, that's so creepy. Yes. I remember being terrified and unable to move. The boy with the misshapen head moved to the entrance of the tunnel-like hallway and turned to stare at me once again and shrugged in the direction of the door and entered it. Taking my cue, as I was petrified with fear and clearly outnumbered, I entered the door behind him to find that his sack-headed friend entered behind me. Flanked by nightmares, I shuffled through the diminishing hallway tunnel. The only light available were, were occasionally hanging utility lights along the ceiling, and otherwise it was very dark. But I could tell we were moving downward, as if deeper into the earth. The further we walked and the smaller space became, I realized that we were not alone and that there were more things, people, I don't really know what, ahead of us. I was able to find my voice in this moment and asked, where are we going? The thing in the burlap sack behind me grabbed my shoulder and squeezed it with inhuman strength, especially considering its size. It spat in my ear, you don't belong here, <gasps> and pushed me forwards. I tumbled to the ground, but it did not stop my fall. Oh my God. I continued to topple through a dark nothingness, and this was the final dream. I woke up screaming with tears streaming down my face every night that I visited this place in my dreams. My fiance would always wake from the noise and attempt to comfort me, but I would not be calmed. I frantically sketched for him the things and places that I had seen in my horrible dreams and unable to explain why I was so terrified. We agreed that it would be best for me if he were to dispose of the drawings and that I shouldn't dwell on the dreams. Recalling them always is a scary process, but I was happy to share. Let's hope for peaceful dreams tonight. Fingers seriously crossed. Keep up the spooky work. Jane. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm scared. <laughs> like, do you think she was like walking into hell? Um, I mean, maybe. Perhaps. It's just so creepy. It's not like, I don't know. When I think of walking into hell, I think of like people that look like us, you know? Mm -hmm. Like regular humans. But the fact that it's like just something off, like a misshapen head and the burlap sack with a face, it's these very unsettling sort of people. Yeah. Entities. 
entities. I don't know. Well, the guy with it the just, burlap sack over his head makes me think of someone who had been hanged. Hanged, yeah, perhaps. You know, because it had like he had the rope around his neck too. So it's like, was he just like a bad person who had been killed for, or who had been executed for his crimes and joined whatever this other entity is? I mean, it's weird though because they're like seven year old boys. I know, and it makes me wonder about the Dear David stuff too because Adam, who was the guy who was like chronicling what happened to him with Dear David and now has a movie deal, there's a lot of skepticism about his experiences and the validity of it. But I wonder perhaps if maybe there was, like if he maybe saw what she saw and that is what like maybe triggered his creative side to create this other narrative, but... Oh my god. It's goodness. so scary. Yeah. And it's also scary because like it's clear that the boy was guiding her and like trying to take her to this place but the guy behind her with the burlap sack yelled at her and was like you don't belong here, which is like yeah. you guys were luring her in there. Right. It's like you're making me go. And to just I'm thinking about uh, like when she was first talking about the tree, mm-hmm. the that like large sort of tracking migration trail marker tree i was like wow that's so beautiful that's so wonderful the native american history and this like large tree so cool but then it sounds like it was so scary and there were like shadow figures and running children and like uh, i don't know it's at first i was like uh, it reminds me of like lion king or something it's like well if it's like a spiritual marker you would it probably became like a spiritual thing or like a very emotional thing that people who later in life passed on might want to revisit and then find her family in this home and like stop by to say hello. So you'd yeah. get all sorts of people, you know, or spirits. Oh, man. She had quite a few scary experiences. Yeah. And I mean, even at her at her boyfriend's. <laughs> Her, yeah, her ex-boyfriend's, her ex-boyfriend's house. Well, and we, we've talked about how, you know, mental illness and addiction and, and things can intensify and be an attraction for dark spirits and energy. Right, right, exactly. But just like the moving shoes, like it wasn't just I feel off. It was something visual, something yeah. physical that happened. And her sister, his sister had a seance down there like, ah, that Don't probably did not it. help. <laughs> no, not at all. No, 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 no. This was uh, a wonderful episode. They always are. So if you have any stories or experiences with the paranormal or, I don't know, mysterious creatures or things haunting your dreams, please email them to us at twogirlsonegoespodcast at gmail.com. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. The Facebook group has two questions. You have to get by the questions to get in. So make sure that you answer them so our moderators can read them and accept you exactly and we have itunes so don't forget to rate and review it means a lot and it takes like two minutes so just do it when you're on your lunch break or when you're on the pot you know it takes a minute when you're on the pot yeah the heck that's where i do most of my good work (laughs) how long are you on the pot well sometimes i'm like because i can't do i can't multitask at work so i like go to the bathroom and i multitask while i'm being I've tried to do that at work, but our bathroom does not have service in it. So oh, they totally do, do that on purpose. Anything. Yeah, I can't do anything at all Rude. in the bathroom. <laughs> we also have merchandise and we have a Patreon. So 
if you want to rep that way or have any perks from Patreon, you can do that. And we will see you on the other side. Very spooky.